0: to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com, and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody, welcome to the broadcast. Good to be with you. We are live, as usual, on Sunday nights, and just a lot going on in the news this week that I want to get into, and uh, we've got, of course, our first segment about 30 minutes where we do that we talk about news we talk about what's happening in politics finances prophecy preparedness all of that and so much to get into tonight our guest tonight in our guest segment is steve Ubaney. and he was with us a few months ago talking about this fascinating book who murdered elvis and i wanted to have him back to kind of have a redo on this interview because it was so fascinating, but it was when we were with the network and I don't know what happened that night. Somebody was asleep at the switch, uh, at the network studios, uh, up North. And we just didn't get a good quality audio recording. I do not know why. Uh, but in any case, um, that has been uh, resolved because my producer was able to rebook Steve Ubaney, and he is back with us tonight uh, for our full guest segment, of course, commercial free. And this might go a good 45 minutes. Fascinating guest. Next week, another fascinating guest is with us, L.A. Marzulli. And so much going on in the life of L.A. Marzulli, not of course just limited to his movie making and his books and all of his great information. But as many of you know, his home burned down in Malibu, He has relocated to Oklahoma. So next week will be not just kind of a check-in with Ellie Marzulli on all of his great information, but also we're going to ask him about, Hey, how are you doing personally? What's going on, you know, with the move to Oklahoma and all of that. So that'll be fascinating to catch up uh, on the latest with our good friend, Ellie Marzulli next week. Okay. Tonight's sponsor is defendyourrights.us defendyourrights.us and that is a website that i'm giving you a direct link to there uh, to check out if you're looking for what i believe to be the very best identity theft program out there Uh, we are doing the shows commercial free and all we're doing is at the beginning of the program doing a little bit of a mention of our sponsor tonight. That sponsor is DefendYourRights.us. I have been using them personally for identity theft protection for more than 10 years. And what I love the most about them is the app that you put on your phone and then they're able to alert you in real time. And it's not just monitoring your credit, which I know is what most people think about when they think about identity theft, but they also monitor things like your passport number, your driver's license number, your health insurance card number, uh, all kinds of other things. They'll let you know, for example, if your email address is showing up on the dark web, if your phone number is showing up on the dark web, a lot more than just your social security number and your credit file. And uh, there's a program where it'll cover both spouses and all the children as well. And this is a really important thing to have because right now the number one category of identity theft is the identity theft of children's identities. And uh, what's sad about this is people don't find out about it until they put their kids in college and then their child can't get any student loans because their credit is destroyed. Even though you don't have to have really good credit to get student loans, you can't have like... <laughs> a Lamborghini that was repossessed last month if you're trying to get into college. So it's a great product. I encourage you to take a look at it. Full and fair disclosure, we do have an affiliate arrangement with them, but I want you to check it out. It's the best out there, in my opinion. DefendYourRights.us. Our sponsor tonight, DefendYourRights.us. Well, this week I spent uh, some time. Uh, I've I've done it. I'm just going to announce it. I'm starting to put all of my books onto audible.com. I recorded the first book on Friday, which is my really popular book right now. It's called Credit Scoring Secrets. It is really popular right now. And I decided, well, let's do this one first. So that book was just a Kindle book until a few months ago and then I turned it into a, a paperback. So it's Kindle, paperback, and then on Friday I recorded the audio of the book, which is the first time I've I've actually done this in my own home studio. And it is it is a lot of work. People wouldn't think it's as much work as it is, but there's a lot involved in recording. a a book, putting it to audio, but I made a commitment. I'm going to start doing this. So I started with this book first. I sent it off to audible and now I just have to wait. It says I have to wait up to like two weeks or so to hear back from them that everything was good and it's approved. If not, I'll have to go back to the drawing board and, and fix whatever the issues are. But if this goes through, okay. And this works out. My plan is, to put all of the other books on audio as well. That is how to pray for a financial miracle. I mean, all my recent books, I'm not going to go back uh, to books I wrote, you know, 30 years ago, but I'm talking about my JFK assassination book, how to pray for a financial miracle. Um, You know, all the recent ones that I've done in the last, you know, five to 10 years. And I'm also working on some new projects. I made a decision tentatively today. uh, What the next book is I'm going to work on. I'm not going to announce it tonight because there's a few details on that I have to confirm before I'm going to announce that. But it's not going to be a super long book, but I think it's going to be one of my more popular books because it's about how to save money, and it's on a very particular niche topic of saving money. And I think you'll be really excited about it. And uh, if everything works out, that book will probably be out in all three formats, print, uh, the audio version, and the Kindle version, probably in about 40 days or so. maybe about uh, 35 or 40 days if all that works out and I get to take off on that. Okay, so yesterday was interesting because I have not been to a movie in a long time. I don't know if it's been months or even as long as a year that I've actually gone out to a movie theater and watched a movie. It's something my wife and I used to do often, but we just don't enjoy it as much. One of the reasons is she's a school teacher, and a lot of times we run into her students when we're there, and that's kind of not so fun. You know, you're out on a date, and then your students are there. They're usually nice, though. We haven't been hit with um, spitballs as of yet. But in any case, we went to the movies yesterday. She had a movie she wanted to see, which is Downton Abbey. I had a movie I wanted to see, which was the new Rambo movie. So we kind of made this deal. I would go with her to see Downton Abbey and she would go with me to see the Rambo movie. And so we did. And I've got kind of a a shocking announcement to make here tonight. And I don't want to disappoint anybody. And it doesn't mean that I'm getting weird or soft in my old age. But I have to be honest with you. I actually enjoyed the Downton Abbey movie more than I did the Rambo movie. I I loved the original Rambo and I thought it would be a, a lot like that. It really wasn't. It was very graphic. And I know that, uh, you know, things have changed with the movies and there's a lot more graphic violence uh, in the movie, in the movies today, but you know, I don't need to see someone's beating heart in Sylvester Stallone's hands. To kind of get that he killed this person. Um, it, it just it just wasn't good. It, it was not a good movie. It could have been so much better. I disliked a lot of things about it. But you know. It's just one of those action movies. I guess they're just not. I like the action movies. That have a little bit more of a plot to them. Which is like what the original Rambo movie had. And a lot of these Liam Neeson movies. I really like too. Because you get the action. But you also have a really interesting plot. But if you're just someone that just wants to kind of go in and have about a 90 minute brain dead experience of just watching violence, then go watch Rambo. But I I have to tell you, uh, the Downton Abbey, I, I haven't seen any of the TV shows, but my wife has seen like, I don't know, like six seasons of the TV show. I've seen none of it. And I still was able to follow what was going on in the movie. And it was very, I thought it was very well done. It was very interesting. I'm not a big fan of period type movies where, you know, they kind of take you back 50 or hundred years ago. I'm, I'm not, I don't know. I've just not really enjoyed those movies, but I did enjoy this one. So there you go. <laughs> Who would have guessed that I would have liked Downton Abbey better than the Rambo movie, but I did. So there you go. Okay, so a lot going on tonight. Let's get into it. Joe Biden um, is is now beating his chest. In fact, the, the quote from Joe Biden is, quote, I will beat Trump like a drum. And so Biden is getting his manliness up now because, of course, of the news story about Ukraine. And And if you have missed this news story, It's a little bit of inside baseball, but it's been discussed on all the major media. So if you do watch the news, you probably heard a little bit about it at least. But here's the allegation. The allegation is that the president has talked to the president of the Ukraine, which used to be part of Russia and now is a separate state. And we won't get into all of that. But but apparently the president is asking the leader of Ukraine, the allegation is, to investigate Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, for his dealings there with a natural gas company. Now there's a book written by uh what's his name? Uh the let's see here. I think it's uh, Peter is it Schweitzer? Yeah, Peter Schweitzer's book uh, gets into this and um, I got to give you the exact name of, of this book. I think it's called something like, uh, yeah. Secret empires is the name of this book, uh, by Peter Schweitzer. Now, now this book, it came out, uh, what was it? It was like about a year ago. This book came out It's secret empires. It says 2018. Yeah. It came out a year ago and it detailed all of this, um, not illegal but certainly nepotism uh appeared to be the case with joe biden's son hunter not only was there a lot of i mean i think it was like a million dollars he got for sitting on a board of directors of a natural gas company in ukraine and then of course there was uh, an even bigger financial deal in china and uh there's a lot of backstory to this um we're not going to get into that tonight we don't have time but the allegation is that trump called ukraine and asked the head of ukraine the leader there to investigate this deal between hunter biden the son of of former vice president joseph biden his son his son's deal is million dollar deal with ukraine uh Trump admits having the phone call, but I think there's a little bit of a difference of opinion about what was actually said in that phone call. I honestly don't really get what the problem is here, even if it's true that the president wanted the uh, government of Ukraine to investigate this. I don't see what's wrong with that. I mean, the president is the chief law enforcement officer. So asking for something to be investigated. Now, if he said, and I want your investigation to come up with something because I want to be able to tar and feather my potential uh, presidential uh, opponent in the next election, uh, Joe Biden, I demand you find something uh, to be able to charge him and his son with, that would be different, right? But just saying I want you to investigate this, I don't really see, even if that's true, how that's a problem. I don't, I don't know. I I don't understand that, but that is apparently what everything is. uh, The big brouhaha is all about this phone call that Trump supposedly made uh, asking for Hunter Biden to be investigated. I don't know that that's about all I know about it, but this has really emboldened Joe Biden. He is out there now saying, I will beat Trump like a drum And of course, uh, our good friend Mitt Romney, (laughs) he misses no opportunity to get in on this Trump bashing. He is uh, quoted today as saying, if this is true, it is troubling. That's the uh, breaking news from Mitt Romney, uh, who some people still think maybe he's got some thought that he's going to uh, have a primary challenge against uh, Trump. Uh, Who knows? But, yeah, he's he's out there kind of joining in, piling on uh, with all of this. All right, uh, Trump and what's going on with Iran. Um, let me start by saying this. I might be the only conservative a supporter of Trump that I, I get a little bit uncomfortable, honestly, with this alliance with Saudi Arabia, uh, especially in recent months with this allegation that they – Um, killed and dismembered uh, this uh, Washington Post reporter uh, who was a, a Saudi citizen. And that sort of disappeared from the headlines after a few months. But it just seems like we're too quick to side with them. And a lot of people this week, I know on my Facebook page, have said, hey, look, the Saudis have their own military. And they have very sophisticated weapons. We know that because we have sold them those weapons. So why should we, why should the United States and its young men and women go over there and get involved in this uh, potential war between Saudi Arabia and Iran? Why should we be in the middle of that? Why can't Saudi Arabia take up its own arms against Iran? And, And that's a great question. But we do know that uh, the president has announced that we are moving military equipment and we're moving troops to Saudi Arabia, getting prepared for something, whether this is solely defensive or this is kind of a a chess move to uh, cause the uh, Iranians to back down. I don't know. Uh, I, I just I have this thought that maybe we shouldn't get in the middle of this, but then again, uh it it is important that we keep the strait of hormuz open for oil shipments and and uh although the us really could operate without any oil from the middle east uh i'm not sure what it would do to to the world oil markets i mean we probably could still survive here but it might mean six or $7 per gallon gas if there was a a big war that even went potentially nuclear in the Middle East. So I'm not really sure. I guess, honestly, I don't have enough information. I'm not an insider to know what the downside is of this happening. It is interesting to note, however, that uh, the Iranians are releasing, I guess, uh, one uh, oil tanker that they have, uh taken they're releasing that according to recent news that came out just a couple of hours ago, so maybe the relationship here is going to thaw a little bit maybe maybe we're not on the brink of war. who knows maybe this was enough of a signal to the iran- iranians uh to back down so the Iranians are it is being reported they are going to release one of the tankers I think they've taken i don't know what is it three or four tankers. And I don't think they've released any of them, but they're apparently going to release one of them. Uh, and so that's sort of the latest. And, and there's, a, I guess, some big meetings to take place this week at the United Nations. And there is thought that maybe uh, the president of Iran and President Trump might you know, bump into each other there. Maybe a, a meeting could take place. And maybe we could find a way to resolve all this. I just don't know. I mean... My question really with Iran, however, even more than this attack on the Saudis, is if you really look at it and you look at all of the proxy wars that they're fighting, you know that is all of these terrorist groups that they're funding, all of the weaponry they're providing to terrorists, um, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I think that what we're hoping the answer is is that financial sanctions, if they continue and they're tight enough, that we could cause a regime change, uh, literally a a civil uprising, maybe some kind of an an internal coup that could take place that could change Iran. Uh, I don't know. Um, And and from what we can tell, it looks like the financial sanctions have been working to some degree. And maybe I'm wrong to be squeamish about the U.S. uh, getting in the middle of this matter with the Saudis I just don't like the Saudis. I I just don't. I I just don't have a good feeling about that country and and a lot of things that you read about that are going on there. I I just don't feel good about it. They don't seem to share our values in in any way, shape or fashion. But yet we seem to have this kind of um, allegiance to them. And you just wonder why, you know, what is it? Yes, they have oil, but we really don't need their oil. Uh, at this point, they're only producing about 10% of the world's oil, and the U.S. is right now independent enough with our own energy that we don't need their oil. So so why are we so joined at the hip with them? Who knows? I, I saw this story today, and I had really some mixed feelings about it, so I threw it up on Facebook to see what would happen. Uh, Sacramento, California, McDonald's has come up with what they believe to be a solution to the homeless people that are loitering in their parking lot. And it is some type of a siren blast that takes place every few minutes. And this siren blast, they say, is discouraging the homeless from hanging around. Although uh, the news report I read also says (laughs) that's discouraging customers from going through the drive-thru who don't want to uh, lose their hearing to this loud siren blast. So you know, you, you, when, you, when you open this can of worms, the issue of the homeless, it, it's a tough thing because a lot of Christian people are compassionate. And I'll be the first to tell you, I, my heart breaks when I see a homeless person, especially a young person who looks like they need to be taken care of. They need food. They need shelter. I don't know what the answer is because there are so many programs yet there are still so many homeless out there. And you hear that a lot of the homeless are mentally ill. A lot of them are on drugs. A lot of them are alcoholics. I'm sure not all of them are. You also hear that many of them are simply choosing to be homeless. They do not want any responsibilities in their life and they would rather be homeless than have like a rent payment or a job or you know any bills to pay. I I find that hard to wrap my brain around, but maybe that's true for some of them. Probably not all of them. So we ride the fence here between our compassion for the homeless on the one hand, and then on the other hand, dealing with the reality of the problems that the homeless bring, which is aggressive panhandling, so if you own a McDonald's franchise, do you want the homeless bathing in your bathrooms? Do you want the homeless coming up to your customers as they're entering and exiting your restaurant begging for money? Do you want that? Do you want the crime that comes with the homeless hanging around your property? What can you do about it? the police probably stop coming after a few calls and you don't know what to do. Uh, Maybe this is an innovation. I, I don't know this siren idea to get rid of the homeless. It, it, on the one hand seems kind of heartless, but we're not working in that restaurant. We're not the owner of that restaurant. We don't know what the, the conditions are there. California has a really, really, really serious homeless problem and the aggressiveness of panhandlers. Uh, My wife was in San Francisco uh, over the summer, and they don't really ask for money. (laughs) It's more like they're demanding money from you. So it it is, you know, it's a tough issue. I, I, you know, I've got feelings on both sides of it. I honestly don't know, you know, about this this siren in the parking lot deal. I, I just, I don't know we'll have to see what happens. Someone will probably file a lawsuit on behalf of the homeless and get the siren uh, taken down. Who knows? All right. Um I did not I did not know about this story. However, um it's a pretty big story especially if you live in Cincinnati. And this is from the uh christianpost.com. And uh apparently this has been going on now for several months. There is a megachurch in, let's see here, it's in Cincinnati, and let's see here, the pastor is Victor S. Cousins. The church is the inspirational Baptist church of Cincinnati. It is described in the article here as a 59,000 square foot building, a megachurch, church that was built in 1984 however the the story here is that the building is now for sale and you can buy the building for 8 million dollars it says and the reason it's for sale is the pastor uh it says here uh, that he has confirmed that he has engaged in multiple sexual relationships while running the church and uh it says he's apologized and some woman named andrea garrison who's 31 year old new york city model she's come out and others have come out and uh apparently the people have stopped giving can you believe that (laughs) so this story is about this pastor who has admitted all of these sexual relationships um, uh, telling his congregation that they should still keep giving because they're not giving to him. They're giving to the church and he doesn't have access to that money. He says here, Uh, he's not a signer on that account. The church board is the one that has the money, but he's still the pastor. So you, you just have to wonder, you wonder, you know, how does, how do people get in these kind of positions? If this is the lifestyle he's leading, and it's not one woman, the allegation here is multiple women, uh, and he's running a, a mega church, 59,000 square feet. You wonder, should there ever be such a thing as a 59,000 square foot church? <laughs> Give me the scripture reference where Jesus said, go out and build a 59,000 square foot church. I I don't know. These mega churches strike me as as maybe a little bit unbiblical. Uh, They're just, they're giant organizations. And when you have a pastor misbehaving like this, and it appears that they can't get rid of him, I mean, the answer would be that he should be fired and they should bring someone else in. Hey, call me. Uh, if there's a a nice salary involved, maybe I will be your pastor up there in Cincinnati. (laughs) I doubt I'm qualified, but I consider the job and I've been married to the same woman for, it'll be 33 years. So you won't have to worry about that issue with me uh, as well. You might have to worry that I might uh, sleep in though on a Sunday morning, sleep past uh, the, the early service time at least. Okay, we'll close it out tonight with a money saver. I subscribe to a service called UMA O O M A. Uma. I've had this, it is a free home phone that I have had now for 10 years. And I there's a big article I did on this over at my blog, blog.christianmoney.com. And it it's all about that I, I logged into my account the other day, and it says that since I've had the UMA phone. Uh, And and when I canceled my landline here at the house, I had been paying like $40 a month. So they calculated, they calculate your savings. So when you log in, it tells you how much you have saved. So it says that since I got the Uma phone, I have saved almost $5,000. And that just kind of struck me as like, wow, $5,000 I've saved from switching over to this UMA phone compared to a landline. And I talk about this a lot, how making these small changes in your finances can, it really does add up over time. I know a lot of people have gotten rid of a a landline at the house. I get that. I like to have one because I do radio interviews where I have to connect by phone. This is crystal clear. It connects to the uh, internet uh, through a, a box they, they send you when you sign up. It's uh, like $79 bucks one time cost. And if you want to find out more about it and get excited about saving maybe for yourself 5000 bucks over the next 10 years, if you're still paying for a landline, uh, check out my article over at the blog, blog.christianmoney.com. All right, we're done with our first segment. We are going to refire the open. We'll be back in exactly one minute with our special guest Stephen Ubaney, the book Who Murdered Elvis will be back.